Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you, and enjoy. I don't know about you, but during Advent, that Alleluia that Nancy and Stephanie do, it gets, gets me all jacked up. It's so intense. I uh, always have to calm down before I proclaim the gospel. I, it's like a training montage in a movie Rocky for me. My blood gets flowing. So just so you know, every week my homilies are recorded, okay? And I have the 9 a.m. tomorrow. So if this 5 p.m. comes off as a dud, I'll edit it. and It'll be ready to go for tomorrow morning. All right, so if you need to feel like, ah, oh, you just swung and a miss, I get another chance. So you can too tomorrow morning if you like. We need to talk about a word that's going to make us a little uncomfortable. All right, and then as I unpack it, I hopefully you can move past what we normally think of when we hear this word and get into the deeper meaning, which is a beautiful meaning, which is actually what we need to hear in order to understand the good news of God this week. And the word is this, the Virgin Mary. We tend in our culture to uh, overly physicalize the word virgin, right? And there, of course, is a physical side to it. But in the Bible, the physical makes visible the invisible. Right? I'll say it again. The physical realities are making visible in our human experience invisible realities. Perhaps another way to say it is all of the visible world, but in particular our bodies, are like poetry, communicating deeper meanings than simply the physical stuff themselves. So when Mary is called virgin mother, we of course mean and affirm the physical truth that she had no relations with a man, as it says in the gospel. But that's also revealing and communicating a deeper meaning, which is to say her womb Her virginity was a place of emptiness and longing. It wasn't just a static fact. Maybe an analogy can help. It's very different when you say an empty box versus an empty stomach. A box is empty in like a dumb fact. It doesn't know it's empty. It's a box, (laughs) right? We can fill it, of course, but it's just there. It's just a brute fact. Our stomachs are empty, on the other hand, and there is longing and yearning to be filled. It needs food. There's a hunger. Or when we're thirsty, all right, we are lacking. We are poor in hydration, and so we go for fluids. In a virginal womb of the Blessed Mother, Right? We have something like that going on. She knew not just in her physical womb, but this was a visible sign of an invisible reality that her whole being longed to be filled with life and love. In this way, as the church teaches, Mary is the model of every human being. Gentlemen, don't get weirded out, right? The womb is simply a physical sign of an invisible reality. Namely, within us, we all have 
emptiness, longing to be filled. We all have this place of poverty, longing for the riches of life and love. Now that that's in the backdrop, I want to unpack what the church in her wisdom did for us this weekend. She gave us two readings, as she always does. The first reading is David, and then the gospel is Mary. And they're meant to be seen as a kind of contrast. David, no longer at war, has the Ark of the Covenant in a little tent, and he's sleeping in a beautiful cedar palace, and he can't sleep, and he thinks to himself, I'm in this beautiful place, and the Ark of the Covenant of God is in a tent. I'm going to build God something beautiful. And he tells Nathan the prophet, I'm going to build and do something amazing for God. Now, if we ever heard someone saying this, we'd be really impressed. Hey, that's awesome. Good. You should do great things for God. Except then God shows up and through Nathan tells David something very specific. I made everything. You're going to make me something impressive? And he goes on to tutor David in saying, this idea of doing something impressive for me, that didn't come from me. That came from you. And see, David had in him this hunger, this emptiness, this longing to do something impressive. And he concluded he knew how to do it. And then God intervenes and says, whoa, 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 whoa. I do great things for you, David. I bless you. Only after that can you even begin to bless me. What God was teaching David is that the first move in the spiritual life, or maybe let's make it more earthly, the way to become truly human is to be receptive before God, not impressively active. Now let's go to the gospel. What happens in the gospel? God shows up through an angel and tells Mary, you're going to be filled with infinite life, infinite love, infinite meaning, infinite power, infinite glory, i.e. the Son of God is going to be conceived in your womb. Mary realizes I'm not doing anything great for God. He is offering me a share in greatness. And her response is, I'm going to do that. No, her response is, let it be done unto me. Mary is receptive. Mary opens up her longings, opens up her poverty, opens up her empty space to the one who is rich, to the one who is generous, to the one who satisfies us. Why is this important? Because most of us try to numb our longings, binge watch TV, Might be one of the more benign ways, but nonetheless, it's about numbing. We actually don't find satisfaction and fulfillment in that ache, that longing. But rather what we do is oftentimes, I'm going to work myself dead tired. That way I don't have to wrestle with this place of poverty. 
that I can't seem to fulfill it. One of the great Christian writers says, why can't Mick Jagger get no satisfaction? He tries and he tries and he tries. He just can't get none. It's because he's taking his longings for infinite life, love, and meaning to finite creatures. And he hasn't opened them up to the infinite one who's eager to pour forth into us his own divine life and love. If any of you know the affliction of an addiction, whether you personally or in your family, this is the basic spirituality of addictions. Trying to suck infinite glory, pleasure, goodness, beauty, truth, life, and love out of finite things. And when that doesn't work, you get more and more and more and more. So what does the Blessed Mother teach us? What is Jesus showing us through the Gospels today? First thing is that God really is interested in our fulfillment, in our satisfaction. He's interested in our, to put it back in Bible terms, spiritual wombs. That place in us that's empty, that makes us feel so vulnerable and little and poor and weak because we don't have anything to offer. All we have is a longing. God's interested in that place. He sees it with tender affection and he wants to put his own divine beauty right there. The second thing we learned from this week is that if God's interested in doing this for me, being Catholic, being a disciple, is not about what am I doing for God. It becomes, what is he trying to do for me? Now, I don't want to make you self-conscious in case some of you have this bracelet on or sweatshirt or hat or something like that, or you were big into it in the 90s. But in the 90s, uh, someone made a heck of a lot of money uh, with the WWJD stuff. Remember that stuff? Right? What would Jesus do? Right? We all went out and got the bandanas and the thing, and every youth group had to have it, and that was the coolest thing we could think of. Right? The problem is, is this is incredibly uh, uh, misleading, the phrase. It's not biblical, nor is it actually Christian. Let's try to finish the sentence together. What would Jesus do if he cared? What would Jesus do if he knew about this? What would Jesus do if he were alive to do something? What would Jesus do if he had the power to help? There's no way to finish the sentence where we don't fall into a mistake, right? The phrase, it doesn't sell as much, I'm sure, but it should actually be W-I-J-D. What is Jesus doing in your life? How is he at work trying to fill you with his gracious love and mercy? How is he trying to guide and teach you to open your longings for justice in your family, workplace, country? How is he awakening in you longings for intimacy? How is he teaching you and guiding you for fulfillment and kindness? What is he doing? Because ever since that first Easter, he's alive. He's not a back then, he's a right now. Now, lest you think I'm crazy, I just want to point out one thing about the beauty of the Catholic Church. All of these biblical truths are ritualized when we come to Mass. 
The scriptures are proclaimed so that you and I would get in touch with our longings. That we would hear how consoling, tender, faithful God is. And it would awaken in us, I want that. Then that womb, that hunger, that thirst, that desire is fed at a meal moments later when the Holy Spirit descends and changes what's in the chalice and on the paten, the bread and wine become, not as a symbol, right? As Catholics, we really believe something crazy. A miracle happens every Mass. They become the body and blood of Jesus, and then they are offered to Jesus' bride, the church. And all of you come forward and you receive and conceive divine life. This is why we love this woman. This is why there's not a Catholic church in the world, at least worth its salt, that doesn't have an image of her. She is the model for how to be human. Namely, choosing to allow God to do great things for us. And then once that life grows, to do great things through us for the church and the whole world. May we spend a little time in silence, honoring, welcoming, and opening our desires to a God who's always infinitely greater and eager to descend upon us with his Holy Spirit. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org, or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church, Brexville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us.